Welcome to episode seven of the Never Ending Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Grilly, and I'm here hopefully with uh, my co-host who's in the same sound of mind right now. It's been a tough 72 hours for Jerry Burris. Oh, not only, not <laughs> hold oh, the door, hold the door. Not only with the big loss by the at the hand of the Toronto Raptors uh, in game three, the Cleveland Cavaliers look like dog crap. The White Walkers of the NBA, is that what you're saying? We can go with that, but um, the North. <laughs> we are the North, yes. But you know, Jared, Saturday night was tough for you with the Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers getting you worked by the Raptors. Browns. You I did almost say, well, they they played like the Browns, so you know when they play like that, it's a, fr- a Freudian slip. But also last night, uh, Game of Thrones. It was a tough night for us, and I'm going to hold off for five seconds just in case any of our. Glorious listeners have not caught up on Game of Thrones, so just hold on. I don't want to give up any spoilers, so hold on. Five, four, three, two, one, and we're clear. Yeah. <sighs> Hodor last night. Uh, that was tough. That was that was a really tough way to go. What do you think about that? I Jared? think it was uh, our podcast alone that became the kiss of death. Um, we mentioned him in episode one, and look, he's dead now. Six episodes later. Four episodes later. Um, well, it was actually was only episode five episodes. Oh, podcast. our podcast. <laughs> so we, so yeah, we've had our, more podcast, our podcast episodes than Game of Thrones. higher ranked than uh, HBO's Game of Thrones. Nice. I like that. But yeah, it was a tough, tough ending for Hodor last night. We found out why he always says Hodor. It's uh, an overweight teenager constantly <laughs> saying, hold the door, hold the door over again. So. Um, Jerry, welcome to episode seven of the Never Ending Podcast. Are you still in your fetal position, sucking on your thumb, repeating your name over and over again, much like Hodor was right before his untimely end? Oh, I got up uh, probably Sunday morning with a little bit of a hangover in two ways, but got up after off the floor after Saturday night's beating and brushed myself off. Was still still pissed, but here we are. I've got stats to back up some of my claims, but we'll see how things go. I think we're going to be okay, but you know, it's still a very disgusting taste in your, in the mouth. It is, and you know, I my goal here is to kind of help you step take a step back from the ledge. It's not the end of the world. It's just one loss, um, and we'll touch upon the Eastern Conference Finals in a little bit. Um, but of course, before we get going, I do want to mention you can find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast on Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. Send us an email, uh, negpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, we do have a companion blog, which features all of our uh, published podcasts as well as any content that we produce in between recordings. Uh, That website is www.negpodcast.com. So before we get into the sports, I do want to mention, I want to touch upon Game of Thrones real quick because when we first saw this podcast, Jerry and I, we're both big fans of Game of Thrones. Jerry, much more than me, he's a bigger nerd than I am. Right. Um, but I've really enjoyed this season of Game of Thrones. And um, our goal, like I said, was to kind of talk entertainment and sports. And we haven't really had a chance to touch on entertainment too, too much just because we do have full-time jobs that have to pay the bills. Um, that's where our NBA guru Farky is at tonight. He was supposed to join us. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it. Um, he's too busy FaceTiming with his CEO. So, unfortunately, we had to let that slide. But anyway, I'm rambling. Tonight. He's taking care of business. Exactly. But I, I did want to touch touch upon Game of Thrones because this season has been, I mean, unreal. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was on the fence going into this season just because it was such a slow-moving show. And you'd have three episodes of build-up. And then finally... You might see something cool like the Red Wedding. Um, but this year, it's just been nonstop. 
action-packed episodes with major cliffhangers at the end of every episode, including, and not limited to, the end of episode one, where we saw Melisandre in her real form, which I know that got your jollies off, Jer. Let's just say I didn't sleep as soundly as I was hoping to that night. Um, I definitely kicked all the blankets off my bed in, a couple of times in sheer terror. Uh, luckily, that was... Uh, that was um, the definition of nightmare fuel. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I think that killed a couple future boners. Um, but <laughs> the show's really taken off in, in a couple of directions that I love. And I think with the biggest thing from last episode that I uh, am looking forward to. I think people are so used to seeing the entire world on a map um, and there's Westeros and then there's the, the sea, the sea and then there's the land of the, to the right of the, of the map. People forget that the world curves and the Pike people that were going off in their ships running away after their uncle was named the King of Pike. They're going to go over and they're going to meet up with, hopefully with Danny. And I think that's going to create some serious tension and that joint force com- combination is going to be make for some really interesting stuff. Hopefully uh, at the end of the season. I, I think you're right. I think they're definitely getting after some dragons. Um, you know, and Danny's done a great job of building her Dothraki army yet again by taking out all of the, uh, the Dothraki leaders with fire. Cause apparently, well, we know they're afraid of fire and she's the, the queen of fire. And she came out of that burning building, unclothed again which was fantastic yeah. it's been a few seasons since we saw that so i was pretty happy with that um i just i really like to be honest i'm you mentioned this in the in the story or the um episode notes but you know we're, we're we're both not brand fans but i really like how we've been able to use his visions to go back in time and see what's been going on at the tower of joy and maybe get an answer as to who john snow's parents actually are uh we also got to see Obviously, the whole Hodor um, backstory and how that happened, and so I really enjoyed that. It has a has a lost feel to it, which is interesting because I think the director of this past episode five was actually a director or a writer on Lost. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Yeah, so that's where we got the time travel type thing going on. So, uh, and it's interesting too because Bran can obviously impact the past. So we saw him shout out to his father at the tower of joy and his father turned around and heard him Ned Stark that is. And then all obviously Hodor saw him when they went back in time before he went into his little conniption and had a seizure. So it's going to be interesting to see if Bran goes back in time because he's a very inexperienced Raven. Now that the three eyed Ravens dead. Uh, so he doesn't know exactly what all the rules are. So he might make, make a big oopsies, I think, and maybe either change history or be the reason why a drastic thing happens. But it's been a great season so far, and like I said, we'll probably touch upon this on a separate podcast. And I don't want to waste too much time, but I figure with just how Jerry was feeling after Game 3 and, again, one of his favorite characters, Hodor, biting the dust or maybe turning into an uh, ice zombie, White Walker, uh, oh, I figure we had to touch upon it. But So another news today that we have to touch upon because we do talk NFL and obviously we talk New England Patriots because of the greatest football team in the history of the world um, – more controversy surrounding Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL. Uh, news came down today that the BU study about concussions has been not altered, but has been um, displayed in a different light by the NFL. Tweet. Yeah, tweet. It was tweet. Look at me. 
Yes, right. It was tweaked just a tad to make it look like the NFL wasn't as um, what's the word we want to say here, Jared? That they weren't as uneducated. Yeah, yeah, responsible is good uh, to make it look like you know they they took some of the burden off their shoulders. Um, and they, and again, you know, as a Patriots fan, uh, I, I'm hoping that nationally, this is going to prove to a lot of fans that the NFL and the commissioner's office are a bunch of buffoons who really don't know how to run this league and don't know how to deal with major hot buttons like concussions, like deflategate. Um, you know, this is now the second major issue in the off season that it's come out that the NFL, the NFL's commissioner office has tweaked to make it look, make them look positive in the grand scheme of things. Deflategate, it's, it's come out that they had, um, you know, the, the Wells report was um, catered to the NFL and not so much towards Tom Brady and science. So, <laughs> and science. It, well, that, I mean, honestly, the, the, the gas law is, uh, oh, here we go is, physics. is, is pretty much, well, I'm not, I'm not, I think it's the ideal gas it's law. The ideal gas law. Right. I was in physics concepts, which is a step below, um, college prep physics in high school. <laughs> so, um, it's a lot of coloring book pages, <laughs> a lot of coloring book pages and drooling. Um, so, you know, it just, again, it's the NFL kind of preaching their, their mo what they what they want everybody to hear but that's not the truth and so again as a patriots fan i'm just starting to get sick of seeing teams or seeing players get um i don't want to say criticized but the same just the truth not coming to light and with the new news that this concussion research has been tweaked it's just it's just yet another strike and another black eye for the nfl um, Jerry, did you have you read anything about this at all yet, or what? Are you, what are your thoughts on? No, it? I typically uh, just kind of pass out whenever I hear more about the flake gate. <laughs> I've got other stuff to worry about right now, but I know right. I think you're right. It's it's the 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 um, chips are starting to stack up against the NFL's commissioner office and all the the just crap that comes out of there, and it all comes out that. Like we said, it's been tweaked. Everything gets tweaked and spun. And then the media, like ESPN, is involved heavily with the NFL. And they're not going to report negatively against the NFL because they don't get their, their pockets lined. Right. So it's it's an uphill battle. It takes investigative reporters like ourselves to make sure that we get the news <laughs> out to the people and hopefully in a very skewed way from the New England stance. Right. Yes. And my, and my investigative reporting is uh, Twitter and Facebook <laughs> and ESPN.com, which I just, whatever is on ESPN.com. And whoever I just is rambling I did, in a truck stop. Well, on ESPN.com, I just discredit because whatever they say, I'm just going to believe the opposite of it. But um, yeah. And, and again, I, I hate this. Listen, I hate that we're still talking about deflated footballs a year and a half later after the 2014 AFC champ or 2015 AFC championship. I mean, it's, it's a dead story. It should be a dead story, but the commissioner's office keeps on bringing it back to light. And this just is a quick segue to what's going on with the gate, because unfortunately Tom Brady's suspension is still being upheld, but it might not be upheld. Um, Brady way, week five, he's in Cleveland. Either way, we, either he's going to be really pissed off in week five or kind of pissed off in week five. We're still not sure yet. If, if this unbunk petition process that he just, uh, the NFLPA and, and, and Tom Brady um, just 
petition to the second district court of New York City. If that goes through, um, what that is 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 Tom Brady's suspension was put back into place by the second district court of New York City, but he only had his case heard in front of three judges. Now with his own bunk, um, <laughs> the whole the whole twelve um, judges on the second district court of New York City will hear or. The NFL, Tom Brady, the NFLPA are hoping that the 12 judges will hear his side of the story or take a look at the appeal again. And we'll find out in three to five weeks if this panel of judges are willing to even listen. Uh, the page, or Tom Brady and the NFLPA have a good chance because the vote was two to one in favor of the NFL in the original appeal. But that means that there was enough credibility in that Tom Brady and the NFLPA's defense that at least one judge saw the reason to agree with Judge Berman to with uh, to get rid of the four game suspension. So long story short, so we're going to find we're out. We're going to talk about this again for a long time. Unfortunately, yes. And in Boston media, unfortunately, we have to hear every day that Deflategate still going on. And even if even if Tom Brady wins his appeal and Here's and he has his appeal heard by the whole second district court of New York City and wins. Say he wins, which it's a long shot that he does, but say he does. The NFL can still reappeal to the Supreme Court. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, I, I, honestly, honestly, if I'm a betting man, which I kind of am, I would not be shocked to see Tom Brady play week one. I really think that it's oh, going to come. I think he's going to. I think that he's going to. I think he's going to win this appeal, and the NFL is going to try to push this back to the Supreme Court. And to be honest, even though the NFL was a huge co- uh, company within America, I mean, they're probably the, I think they're the biggest money maker in America. Um, the Supreme Court, the biggest should, nonprofit, you mean? Correct. Yes, but the NFL, the Supreme Court should not be hearing the issues going on in the NFL that we were, they're wasting their time and money doing that. Right. So as a Patriots fan, I'm saying that, uh, do I want Tom Brady to miss four games? Absolutely not. Cause Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think he's ready, but for Tom Brady to miss four games, so I have to hear about deflate gate ever again. <sighs> I might have to lean towards yes, but that's a different story for a different time. Uh, again, we had to touch upon it before we got into the Eastern conference and Western conference finals, just because it's a hard hitting uh, news story right now. And this is New England, so we have to talk New England sports. And I'll find any well, reason. This is this crazy. is Cleveland. Let's get into these uh, finals games. I got a lot to mention here. That's fair enough. This is this is Cleveland's Christmas right now. So let's let's get into the Eastern Conference Finals right now. So obviously, what we really want to talk about tonight are the conference finals in the NBA, and specifically the Eastern Conference Finals. Both Jerry and Farky picked the Cavs in four. Sean picked the Cavs in three. Um, <laughs> I picked the Cavs in six, and obviously I'm looking much better than the other three three idiots I mentioned before me. So, uh, you know, obviously game three was a huge letdown after two dominating performances by the Cavs at home. And, you know, that's kind of expected with this Cavs team. And, uh, Jerry, I want to hear your thoughts on it because, like I said, I get a text from Jerry on Sunday morning saying that everything hurts, I want to die. Uh, he was <laughs> probably listening to his old school emo music. I'm sure he had oh, Thursday full collapse. Playing. I think I, yeah, had, uh, Ari, I, see, I thought I thought you would add Thursday full collapse or taking back Sunday uh, on repeat. Uh, just, you know, really getting real emo with it. But apparently you're going. I had to, go even, I had to go even deeper into the recesses of my own uh, psyche there. 
Yeah, Ari, Ari and will do that. But uh, so, Jer, I mean, like I said, tough game three, but as a New England fan and having to live through game seven of the 2003 ALCS when they left Pedro in to pitch against the Yankees and three straight doubles, and that was the end of that. No, I got I got to cut you off. Don't compare the 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 problems you've had in the past with with our problems. Now, this might be a small problem in Cleveland in the grand scheme of things. Granted, we're ten and one in the playoffs, but I, I understand the plight of the Red Sox. But you guys have been very spoiled in the past uh, couple of years. You took two out of three of us from Cleveland visiting Fenway this past weekend too. So. I gotta cut you off a little bit when it comes to that. So that's fair. I'm just saying, as my my past history. Oh, you're trying to relate cheering, to me. I was cheering for lovable losers, and now oh, as okay. being a champion and the fan of a championship team <laughs> and championship teams. I mean, we've had Celtics, we've had the Patriots, we've had the Red Sox. I don't even like hockey, but hell, we've had the Bruins. And even the New England Revolution were in the finals last I'm year. So throw up. I just want to tell you that it's gonna be okay. It'll be okay, Jerry. But anyways, let's talk about game three. What are your thoughts on game Let three? Let me I'm gonna to try to summon I'm gonna warg back to Saturday, if you will, <laughs> and like uh, bring up some of the things I was really, really upset with the Cavs. Um, number one, the central theme of it was just effort and aggression. It just was not there. It looked like this team was already on its way through the Eastern Conference Finals and knew it. And, I mean, it came down to examples from Richard Jefferson's Snapchat, which everybody is in love with. You know, this whole little Kev thing is really taken off in Northeast Ohio, and everybody loves it, which is great. But it's great for when you're in between series, not in between games when you should be a little bit more focused up. And it's well, let's go back. What the hell is Little Kev? Little Kev is a model that was found in a magazine, I think, for Tommy Bahama shirts. He looks just like Kevin Love, but he's a okay. little bit smaller. So it's uh, not the, it's not the commercial for State Farm Insurance. No, no, okay. that's not Little Kev. Little Kev okay. is is a Snapchat um, celebrity, and there's oh. been videos of like Richard Jefferson driving his car with Little Kev in the front seat, and then J.R. Smith and Channing Fry in the back seat, <laughs> while oh, Little Jesus. Kev strapped into the front seat because they weren't allowed to ride up front. <laughs> It's 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 funny, but you know maybe there's that undercurrent of you know not being a hundred percent serious when you should be. So I, that was my big thing was effort and aggression. It wasn't there. Um, you're playing in hostile territory requires different kind of laser focus and desperation that they played with and we didn't. Um, I mean, look at the the stat lines. Biombo had 26 rebounds and they were, were just more physical and more aggressive. We were we were leading two to one on the boards going into game three. By the way, um, out reading them, rebounding them, and game three they were fifty four and we had forty. And like I said, Biombo at twenty six himself. And then as I've calmed down and gone back over the numbers and you know taken a, a more of a, a larger view of it, it comes down to our our big three. Two of the three played like absolute dog crap. I mean, Love was one of nine from three point land. And he had four rebounds. Irving was three of 19 with 13 points. So combined, uh, those guys shot four of 28 from the field, um, 16 points. You know, uh, how can you how can you get anything out of that from a win standpoint in the playoffs when two of your your so-called all stars are, are getting 16 points on the on the card for you? It's not going to work. And 
Right. Well, and, and also, and also too, Jer, uh, not to cut you no, off, but, but, but to cut you off. Don't you just hate when people say that? Like, not to cut you off as they cut you no, off. No, I don't mean to <laughs> interrupt you, but I'm going to anyway. <laughs> exactly. Uh, not, no offense, but you're a douchebag. Um, no. <laughs> um, I see, and, and I agree with you 100% on that one. And I, I spoke when we uh, previewed the Eastern Conference Finals. I mentioned that LeBron has to be more like Magic than Jordan and yeah. distribute the ball to his studs, to the Kevin Loves, to the J.R. Smith, to the Kyrie Irvings. And that's all fine and dandy. However, when your guys just aren't hitting shots and you're down 15, 20 points, you need to turn into that Jordan guy. You need to start taking Correct. the game over like he can. And it's not that he doesn't have the skills to take over a game. He can drive to the basket. He can he can easily get to the hole. You know, um, Didn't you feel like he kind of took the stance of saying, I'm going to show my guys what it takes to, to win in the playoffs or almost like a dad role like – this is going to teach us a lesson. Like, no, just play harder. Play exactly. harder. The lesson is get on my back, and, and this is how we win the game. There's no lesson in losing because you never know what's going to happen in the NBA. You know what his highest point total is this year, LeBron's? I, I don't. 37. And that's ridiculous. There's no way LeBron James should only be scoring 37 points in, in his highest scoring game. He should easily have 50-point games because he's that type of player. Not um, once he, has he gone off this, this season and said, you know what, I got this thing and I'm going to go. And it, why is, okay, now why is that, do you think? Do you think that's him trying to get his other players involved? Or? Yes, and okay. he thinks that sometimes, and this is what annoys everybody in Cleveland about him, is when he thinks he's got this greater plan, when all of us just want him to do is play harder. Lock it down and play harder. That's all it takes, right? Well, and, and I think that's my biggest issue with LeBron is he makes himself bigger than what he is. He will do that. He'll say, no, I can't do that. I got to get my teammates involved. I got to do this. I got to do this. And it's just one of those things, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. He's always going to be criticized no matter what because, I mean, that's what's going to happen when you're labeled the king at age 16. But I think that it's almost unacceptable for a guy to – only score 37 points is your highest point total for the season, especially in a game like this where if Kyrie and Kevin Love are shooting poorly as they did in game three, mm-hmm. you need to put up 40 points in order to win. I don't care who you're playing. I mean, obviously it was a perfect storm of shit for them because the Raptors and DeMar DeRozan played great. Um, Biombo was an absolute force on the boards. Granted, he wasn't scoring a lot of points, but he didn't need to because the guys around him were. Hey, tell that person to shut up. Um, <laughs> no, I'll cut it out. Don't worry about it. But at this point, you know, LeBron James needs to take over the game and put up 40 to 50 points. He needs to stop. And I, I remember there's so many times where he'd, take, he'd have a wide open three. And again, I don't want to take a three because I think he's actually a terrible three point shooter. But he do the whole like, hey, I'm going to do a no look pass and shoot it 100 miles an hour across the court to J.R. Smith, and J.R. is going to chuck up a three and miss it. No, drive to the hole. You know, try to get the foul. Try to get the three point play. That's what he needs to do. He needs to take control of the game and control of the series. And I'm hoping, again, even though I'm not a LeBron James fan, and I hate to cheer for him. I'm cheering for Cleveland, obviously. Um, I'm hoping that he learns from this. And tonight, you know, we're recording tonight on a Tuesday, on a Monday. So unfortunately, we don't know what's going to go on in game four yet. But I hope tonight that he puts up 40 and says, this is my team. I'm going to make a statement tonight. And does he have the balls to do that? I have no idea. I don't I, think I think, he, I think it's in him. I do think it's in him. I think it's definitely in him, but he just he hasn't shown it this year. So what he needs to do that. What it, I know you're a huge fan. So what did you make of his, uh, you know, they, they always talk about the fouls and there were some, a couple 
questionable calls uh, with Biombo and him getting tangled up. A couple hits above the, the shoulder. Not right. Nothing more than a playoff foul. But right. And then, you know, the Damari Carroll thing where he bumped into Tristan's arm and, arm and Tristan's arm is the one that hit LeBron in the chin. And, like, after you watch the replay, Cavs fans, you know, the smart ones, uh, realize, all right, like, relax. That was a flop. He, he did go down. But, you know, what did you make of the quote that he that was on ESPN about – referencing jay-z streets is watching <laughs> oh my god oh you want me to god. read it for you i'll read it don't uh, worry about it. i got it here oh i always think back to the jay-z phrase in a line he had oh. if i shoot you then i'm brainless if you shoot oh. me you're famous what oh. am i to do that's always plays in my head every time i want to react i've got to keep my brain and you, know, you, know, you know how how i react to that i get the douche chills i'm just like oh <laughs> oh and this is the stuff that you do lebron it's like Okay, let's not compare ourselves to Jay Z. Okay, no, he's using his philosophy. He's not comparing. That's fine. Him to well, the no, but well, he kind of is using comparing himself to Jay Z. I mean, Jay Z wrote that song when Jay Z was on the corner in Brooklyn selling drugs. LeBron, yeah, I think James he was playing. like twenty when he wrote that. Right, and 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 Jay Z has some skeletons in his closet. He's a bad dude. But anyways, um, he says stuff like that, and I just want to, and I, I I'm reminded why I just can't stand him. Um, but you know, I think. Looking back on it, okay, so the Damari Carroll foul in game one, the reason why that didn't turn into a flagrant, and I actually, the way that things are getting called, I think that should have been a flagrant when Carroll kind of wrapped around his arm or his uh, head and neck and shoulder area. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't called a flagrant because LeBron's so strong that he didn't fall down. And I think he kind of learned from that and said, okay, next time I get hit, I need to fall down. Well, the mm-hmm. problem is he sucks at acting. I don't know if you've seen Trainwreck. But he was terrible in Trainwreck, <laughs> and he's going to be terrible in Space Jam too. And he was even worse on Saturday night when Tristan Thompson hit him in the face. It's like, hey, I got hit. I'm going to go back a little bit. I'm going to look back. Oh, there's nobody behind me. Let me jump a little bit. Honestly, that move made Marcus Marcus Smart blush. It was brutal. It was terrible. It's just like you do this stuff, and when you're that big, and you're that strong, and you're that fast – I mean, you shouldn't go back. You should just shouldn't flop like that because it just makes you look like a chump. Not only that, but it's just like he makes these comments after flopping like that. And he sounds like one of those Internet tough guys, like a fake tough guy who's, you know, trolling on Twitter and will just comment on everything somebody writes. And the instant that you say something to that person, they kind of like a flash a smile like, no, bro, we're cool. We're cool. It's just like LeBron pulls that all the time where. Yeah. You know, he he falls back. He pretends to get hit. It's like he got sniped and taken out. They're like, no, I'm a soldier. I'm tough. I'm, I'm yeah, bro. Look at me. I'm going to post an internet video about how I'm training, do double off days. See, now you're double pulling a lot of things together here. They're kind well, of well, but but I think that if you I think that if you take his persona, it comes off. Him pulling this stuff after telling you how awesome he is and how he's striving for greatness and how he's just this guy who's so focused on winning the title, and then he pulls this crap. It's just like, dude, you're losing all your credibility. So whenever you post a shirtless video of you yelling and training on the off day, I just don't believe it. I just, I don't believe. I think it's all. I think it's all a front. It's all a front. I, I, I think you're mixing two versions of LeBron together. You're mixing the on court persona and the off court persona. And and Cavs fans can live with the on court persona a lot more than well, I can personally. I can live with a lot more of the stuff he does on the court then I can deal with off the court. His brand stuff gets on my nerves. But I didn't mind 
the move to go down when he took the, the, the shot to the chin. I think, like you said, the point's been made where he's going to take hits and they don't get called because of his brute force and size. It's just a fact. Right. right. And if that's the nature of the game in the playoffs this year, then that's fine. If it takes that to get the call, then it's going to take that. Right. But I think you can see this theme throughout the, the playoffs, both our series, you can see it in the Warriors series. Guys are playing the system and it's ruining the game flow for for fans for people that really love watching the game it's brutal it is absolutely brutal to see some of these guys get away with or not get away with some of the crap that's going on i mean think back to you know chucking an elbow into ginobili's face um, back in in the semifinals you know all the way up to draymond green kicking uh some <laughs> Steven Adams kicking Steven Adams in, in the in the the no-no part so <laughs> yeah and and also and also too you know I, I guess I have to preface or I guess go back on my comments dogging LeBron and say that I'm a huge Paul Pierce fan and when Paul Pierce flopped every 20 sure. seconds you know it, when he's on your team that's one thing um I guess it's just the whole the whole thing with LeBron is is I just think that he's a, a fake tough guy I really yeah. do it's and, when he gets philosophical and existential, that's when I'm out. Right. I, I can't deal right. with it. And I think you can't deal with a lot. You deal with a lot. You can't deal with a lot less than uh, what we put up with here. I'll tell you this. If he never left Cleveland and never did the decision, then I would put up with a lot more. Sure. But it's just ever since that day, and I'll never forget sitting on my parents' couch watching that. And I texted Mark Right after it happened, and you know, and Mark, who still to this day hates LeBron, said, "I'm done. I'm absolutely done with this guy." Ever since then, I'm just like, "This guy is a phony," and everything he does on the court like that, I just cannot take him seriously. I Are can't. You so you're on the court, on the court, and I mean, off the court, I can't stand him. I think it's obnoxious, but on the court, I think his persona off the court comes onto the court and. And, and that's just a bias that I have being an outsider, sure. uh, not being a Cleveland fan. If he was on my team, if he was like, if he was a Boston Celtic, I would be a little bit more patient with it, but I would not. I, I still hate Marcus Smart when he pulls it. So I'd still definitely be critical of him, I think. Um, but the hatred definitely wouldn't be as strong, I'm sure, because if you have one of the best players or the best player in the world in your team, you kind of put up with stuff. And that's why... I guess I'd be a lot more harder on LeBron if I wasn't a closet Cleveland fan. We'll um, take that. Yeah, so anything outside Boston, I've said this my whole life. I will cheer for Cleveland as long as they're not playing Boston. The instant they're done playing Boston, then I'm a Cleveland Cavs fan, I'm a Cleveland Indians fan, I'm a Browns fan. But other than that, they're playing Boston. i got to go with my home team. So anyways, tonight we have game four in Toronto. So what do you hope to see from your Cavs tonight? Well, LeBron put out some sort of cryptic. Uh, oh no, he thing did something today in the shoot around. Zero, zero dark thirty twenty three. No, be quiet, LeBron. What are you doing? Exactly. Quote. James oh. said, "Quote. I have a game plan tonight personally that I believe will benefit our team tonight." End quote. Oh. I'm going to guess most basketball players in the NBA have that every night, but when he says it, batting down the hatches, we don't know what we're going to see tonight. So maybe he's going to go from you know thirty nine points to thirty seven. I don't know. I just all I want to see is effort. I, and I think they're going to bring it. I think they they went ten and one in the playoffs. I mean we have to kind of calm down a little bit in Cleveland and realize like best two guys you know had a, the worst game they've had in the playoffs by far. You know four twenty eight combined. If they get 
you know, half the effort of what they put up in game one and two will be fine. So yeah. I, it's still going to be over in five games. We're not going to go anything past that. Um, <laughs> Six. Six games. I don't think so. We're, even still, if, no. still saying it. So not three, though. It, more, Yeah, we're going to go more than three games. So sorry, Sean, but I think, uh, I think we close it out the next two games. We'll be done okay. on Wednesday. That's fair. Um, I still, I'm still sticking with six. I still, I think the Cavs win tonight. I think they might have a let da- letdown game at home, and I think they'll close it out in Toronto in Game Six. Um, but I, I see the Cavs really bringing it tonight. I, I'm hoping that LeBron's sweet game plan is just him getting pissed off and putting up fifty. That'd be great because because he just needs to prove to him. He just needs to prove to the NBA, hey, I'm here, and remind everybody, I'm here. Um, him dishing off to Kyrie when Kyrie's three for 50, that's not going to fly, you know, and, and Kyrie probably won't shoot poorly again tonight. And I'm hoping Kevin Love doesn't shoot poorly again tonight. But even if they do, it's just one of those games where, you know, LeBron, make a statement. This is your statement game. You haven't had a statement game yet this this postseason because you really ha- haven't needed it. But after coming off a loss, show that you are the leader of this team and have that statement game tonight. And I think if you do that, you know, that's definitely going to turn the tide in the series. And at that point, you know, I definitely could see them closing it out in five, though I'm going to stick to my guns and say six. So that's fine. But do you think that game two is not a statement game? I mean, he had a triple double. No, he did, but it was, it was such a blowout that it's one. It's yeah, it was a great game. The Cavs played lights out, but it wasn't one of those games playing in Toronto. They're going to, they're not going to win by 20, 30 points. Most likely home court advantage is huge in the NBA. Um, so I just think that while he had a great statistical game, it's not without LeBron James, they probably won that game. Right. Mm, or it would have been close, but been I'm close. Saying, yeah. But, it's hard. It's hard it's to say. Like, it's not like LeBron James had a triple double and they won by two points. They won by what? 30 points. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was well into the third quarter yeah. and it was over. So, so it was a statement game stats wise, but it wasn't a statement game. Like he, he didn't. I don't want to say he didn't have an impact on the, in the final because obviously he had an impact on the final score, but it's not like without LeBron they would have lost that game. You're it looking for a signature win. Right. I want, I want to see a four-point win where LeBron just scores. He pulls a Steph Curry and scores 15 points in, in two minutes. Well, I don't think you're going to see that from him. Uh, Probably not, but – His but, percentages down, are down this year, and, and that's because also he's got he's surrounded by some of the best talent he's ever had. Right, absolutely, and that then that's fine. Again, that's why he's more magic than Jordan. He's going to dish it off to Kyrie and K Love, but if they're struggling, that's when you need to take it to the hole. Draw the draw the foul, get to the line. Um, put Ooh, up. I don't. I'm not so. I'm not so sold on uh, his free throw shooting right now. It's lower than it's ever been. Um, gosh, he's, but he's strong. He's strong enough though to get to the hole. And he was five of seven the last game though. Well, that's not bad. But he's he's strong enough to get to the hole. And yeah, put himself in an, put himself in an opportunity to get a three point play is what right. I'm saying, and and that's what you need to see from LeBron, and and I think that you know we've seen Dante Jones um, celebrating <laughs> every time LeBron makes a huge play, and and I think that that has a huge impact on your team. Obviously, if you have one of those huge steals that goes coast to coast for you know a three sixty windmill dunk or whatever, get your team jacked up. That that just is is invaluable. So yeah, our bench has been fun to watch. It, it reminds me a lot of like the scrubs from like I don't know Cal or some some mid range basketball team that 
they're the bench guys, the bench mob, they call it goes viral because they have just the most amazing celebrations whatsoever. Uh, the Cavs have been doing that this year, which has been pretty fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This but, is a team that's, it's amazing to watch on and off the court because it seems like the camaraderie is 180 degrees different than what it was at the beginning of the season. They're right. struggling to, you know, create a team. And there's always talks about splitting it up already. And it doesn't look like that. Now this, these look like, a well-seasoned, well-traveled squad that that have each other's back, and uh, fingers def- crossed, we get this this thing done the next two games. They've definitely gelled, and I think it's really helped that Kevin Love has been. I think he kind of figured out his role mm-hmm, um, for sure. You know, he went from being on a team in in uh, Minnesota where he's averaging twenty plus and twelve rebounds a game, and it's you know that's not we don't need that here in Cleveland, and I think that he kind of figured that out. Um, and then you had really good veteran additions of Channing Fry during at the trade deadline, which has been one of the probably, probably the best midseason trade in the NBA all season because he's really fit well with this team. Has hit clutch shots, clutch yeah. threes. Uh, Richard Jefferson's been a great addition to the team as well. J.R. Smith hasn't gone off the rails yet. He continues to produce. Dalladova is just a scrappy little Aussie who hopefully – I don't think the Cavs are going to be able to re-sign him because I think he played himself into a larger contract, which will end up being one of the worst signings <laughs> this offseason. There's going to be a lot of money this offseason. There's going to be a lot of money this offseason. But as this team, they're really gelling. Um, a lot of veterans on this team. So at this point, you're right. They're playing well together. I think they figured themselves out. And, you know, Saturday night was an aberration. That's not the norm. They're going to be fine. I think uh, so, too. Series I'm, over I'm, five. I feel six. better. Thank you for talking me off the ledge a little bit. You're welcome. Like I said, I've experienced in that, whether you want to believe it or not. But um, <laughs> I can draw back to when I was 14 and was just praying for a Red Sox championship. But um, anyway, so Eastern Conference Finals. We have Game Four tonight. We're both hoping we wake up tomorrow when we publish this. Publish this, and uh, the Cavs are up three one. But we'll know the game starts actually in about a minute. So um, let's start talking about the Western Conference Finals, Jer. Mm-hmm. And a series that I said was going to go to seven and Oklahoma City was going to win. And again, I got laughed at by you and Farkey. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're saying, oh, they're not going to win. No way. Warriors are going to win this in five. Well, guess what? Oklahoma City's up 2-1 after dominating the Golden State Warriors last night. Golden State lost by 20-plus. It was a abysmal game by the Warriors where Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were the only two players on the Warriors to score in double digits. Even Draymond Green was unable to score more than 10 points. He was able to kick Steven Adams in the nuts yet again, Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, Durant and uh, Russell Westbrook absolutely dominated and and beat out the top two uh, in Golden State and Klay and Steph Curry. And we're now up 2-1, Oklahoma City, in uh, versus um, Golden State. So what are your thoughts about last night's game? Are you, are you starting to lean towards my thought that Oklahoma City has a chance to win this series? Have a chance? I would say it's, it's more than a chance. I think they're definitely a driver's seat. But then again, I remember last year to the finals, we had a chance to go up 3-1 and couldn't get it done, and then all of a sudden it was over. So I, they can't relinquish the lead here and they've got to keep their pedal their uh foot on the gas pedal but the most interesting thing to me as an outsider not really having uh, a stake in either one of these teams is i've really become a steven adams fan this guy oh, yeah. is tough as nails 
old school, almost like a Lambeer type. He's going to body everybody up inside, throw, throws hips into somebody going up for a rebound. And he's a fantastic screener. Love the toughness that he's shown. I mean, God, in game two, he was getting slammed and, and his back was convulsing and he still wouldn't come out. It reminded yep. me of like, almost like, like a Larry Bird thing. Oh yeah. Um, well, and that and that was a scary, uh, scary play too, where the guy from Golden yeah. State literally came down, and as a guy who was Zeely, wasn't it? I, I think so. Yeah. Zilli. And I have a terrible lower back, so I watched that. I'm like, oh my god! I just felt the sciatica go all the way down to my ankle. Sure. Um, but that was. I mean, he literally just pancaked on himself, and it, or not pancaked, but um, uh, accordioned on himself. Yeah. That, that's better. Um, and oh, that was painful. But yeah, he he came back and he sucked it up and he played. You're right. He's tough as nails. He's almost like the, he's definitely the mascot of the team, and he's really you know the hate to say the face of the franchise because I think it's just his face sticks out more than Russ Westbrook's does. Well, he's got the, he's got that hipster mustache too. It's not it's beyond hipster. It's become like 1920s weightlifter strong man. It's Varvillian. Yeah, Hello. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Um, as far as my take on the game, it's it's the Draymond Green story. And say what you will about the kick. Obviously, we know now that he's not going to be suspended for it. And, you know, I saw actually a Twitter feed that somebody put together. It was 43 shots he's taken this this year where he kicked his legs out wildly <laughs> and trying to defend him, which is fine. Right. Um, do I think he should have been suspended for a game? Yup. <laughs> is Draymond should be suspended for a minus 43 and the plus minus ratings, that should get you a suspension. All right, he was one of nine from the field. So was he booty? Yup. God, I hate that video that came out after last year's championship. Yup. They play it all the time on Cleveland Sports Radio right oh, I th- now. I thought you were, uh, I thought you were from um, Making a Murderer. <laughs> yeah. Yup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so can I watch WrestleMania? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm blown away that Draymond Green didn't get suspended, and I understand why they didn't suspend him because the NBA makes a hell of a lot more money, and as dirty of a play as it was, I, I want to see the best players go against the best players. True. At the same time, NBA is going to say Draymond cut the shit you know like we <laughs> we can only do this for so many times and we want to have a competitive series oh excuse me i just burped there that was the trillium double ipa from um melter melcher melcher street ipa from trillium in boston fantastic ipa i suggest you try it burris hawking double, it right now Get dry hop pot oh, money for that that'd be good yeah so dry, trillium melcher street double dry hop to ipa that was my radio voice right there oh, oh that's god <laughs> um <clears throat> But, yeah, I think the NBA just kind of is going to say to him, like, listen, you can't do that anymore. We need you to stay in the game because we want to have a competitive series. And, you know, I said this game, this series is going to go to seven. I was going to say it was an all-time series. But it really hasn't been an all-time series. Uh, games two and three were absolute blowouts. Game one's been fantastic. Yeah, game one was great. But it's, um, you know, these are two evenly matched teams. They're going to continue to be great. And or I think they're going to go back and forth. And it, it comes down to... You know, you live and die by the three ball sometimes, and sometimes it's not going to fall. And Steph Curry and Klay Thompson have been unreal for 80-plus games. And there's going to be a few games where the three-pointer is going to fail them. And, and that was the case, I think, on Sunday night. So, again, 
I don't think I think that's an aberration. I don't think that's the norm to use the phrase that I used earlier. Um, and I'm I'm hoping that Draymond Green can control his emotions. Yeah, that's and, not and, and not you know kick guys in the nuts like an SNL sketch or you know an opening to Jackass like, "Hi, my name's Steve Adams, and this is Jackass." Like, like it just it's it's you need to stop doing that, Draymond. Just play basketball. And, and, and you know what's funny too is that not being a Golden State Warriors fan, or, and I've watched them you know five or six times this year. And Green has gone from everything I've read now is Green's really gone to pass for not being a dirty player because the the Warriors are still kind of the bell of the ball. They're still even though they won the championship last year, I still feel like they're the under the radar right, team that right. they're still likable for another year or two. But you really didn't hear any sort of negative comments about Draymond Green. You heard that he was, you know, passionate, that he got into it with his teammates, his coaches, but you never heard that he was a dirty player. Now he's that he's the grease the na- man of their team, you know he's going to well, right. the garbage guy, right? And but and now that they're in the national spotlight, though, and we're all seeing that. It's really interesting to see if this is going to change, you know, uh, how how fans perceive this team and whether or not they think that okay, maybe Draymond Green is dirty, maybe Steph Curry is overrated, maybe Clay Thompson isn't that good. It, it, it's really that'll be really interesting to see how this series plays out. And whether or not they can turn the corner and go back to the high flying team that just dominated the the Thunder because I mean they dominated the Thunder in the regular season three nothing, but they're down two one now. So yeah, we'll see. I, I I just don't like the the dream on Green bravado that he has, and it's it's annoying. And for somebody who has to you know defend LeBron a lot, like at least he's got the rings to back it up and the MVPs and stuff like that. This is just a, the new, new right. tough guy, you know, chest bumping dude. And it's, it's really annoying. I, I just do not like Draymond Green. I hear you. I hear you. And he's, he's, uh, if he was a killer, like if he was a killer and could, it could shoot the lights out and, you know, take over the game himself. He's not, he's a, he's a pick and roll, you know, swing man who, is a little bit overweight so he can throw his body around <laughs> and underneath the boards. And right, right, right. If you had to liken him to a wrestler, past or present, who would he be? Ooh. Um, he's got a little bit of a Bray Wyatt body. Um, okay. Actually, you know what? A perfect comp would be uh, Kevin Owens right now. Okay, yeah. yes. He's I like skilled. that a lot. Don't get me wrong. He's skilled, but he's going to tell you how skilled he is and right. do anything to win. Um, and, and but not, annoy but not the crap win. out of you, right? Okay, I like that a lot. That was that. That's perfect. Kevin Owens, yeah. Fight. What, what's his? What's his? Uh, fight Owens line? fight. I believe. Fight it Owens is. fight. Right. Yeah. Something like that. And uh, he lost last night to the Miz. No, right? don't spoil. I haven't watched it yet. Oh well. That's nerd alert. I, get over it. That's <laughs> why I have the the network. Well, I'm sorry. I ruined that for you. I, I didn't ruin Game of Thrones. So at least you watched that. Ween tried to text me about it, and I wouldn't even look at my phone. <laughs> for those of you who missed the uh, WWE all-time mock draft, Ween is our WWE expert. So um, I highly suggest you go back and, and listen to that one, even if you're not a wrestler fan, but you can kind of respect the people from the mid eighties to the mid nineties slash early two thousands. Um, a lot of those guys were mentioned in that podcast. So I yeah. believe that was episode four. We got a, uh, we had great feedback in the email about that. We did. That was, that was a big hit so far. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping we, I'm hoping we can pick up some traction with that, uh, with a podcast just like that. But, um, anyways, you know, 
I, I think that you know Monday night the Thunder will be at home again against the Warriors. <clears throat> and Tuesday I, night. Oh yeah, right. Tuesday night. Tuesday, Tuesday night. Yep, you're absolutely right. So we're not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did I just warg right there into the future? Thank you did. Um, <laughs> um, so Tuesday night. Game four of the Thunder and the Golden State Warriors series. I wouldn't be shocked if Golden State came back and got the W on the opposing team's floor. Again, I really think this is going to go to seven. So it's going to be haymakers back and forth. Whether it's going to be a close game or a 30-point blowout, I can't tell you. I really don't know. That just with, With the NBA, it's very tough. To, to judge how it's going to happen. I'm hoping for a, a very well-played game that's going to be back and forth, but if I had to bet my life on it, I'd bet that it's going to be a f- double-digit win by the Warriors. Uh, what okay. do you think, Jerry? Um, well, obviously, it's not going to go in five for the Warriors. I think it's going to trickle down to seven, and then we're going to have a real series back and forth. That 1-1-1 one, 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 last three games is going right. to be must-see TV. Right, three-game series. Of and hopefully the Cavs are watching from home, enjoying Let's it with so. little Kevin. <laughs> which I just Googled a little Kevin. I still don't know what the hell it is, but I'll explain in another podcast. Right. I appreciate that. But, um, so we touched upon game of Thrones, of course, uh, Hodor RIP. Hopefully you don't turn into a nice zombie. And then we start to hate you just like when a loving, loving family member comes back from, um, walking dead or something like that. And they have to take a knife to the head. We talked about Tom Brady and Roger Goodell being a fraud yet again. And of course he talked Eastern conference and Western conference finals. And tonight, the Cavs are playing, and we're hoping that they can pull off a win and put this series up to 3-1 and close it out in Game 5 in Cleveland. But we'll know more tomorrow. But anyways, this is the Never Ending Glory podcast. I'm Luke Grilly. I got my boy here, Jerry Burris. It's been fun. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, too, Jerry. But first off, let's say Twitter, at Glory Podcast. Find us, Never Ending Glory Podcast, on Facebook. Send us an email, negpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, the companion blog, www.negpodcast.com find me on twitter at lgrilly88 and find burris on twitter at burris40 and luke did you notice how many telephone books they have isaiah thomas sitting on on the uh, espn pregame show i mean it's got to be three or four <laughs> he's not that tall no he's a little guy he's yeah, a little he's guy a, he's a little guy but he's got he just just like the minerva lions he's got the heart of a lion baby <laughs> Inside so, joke, inside joke. But one, one of these days, you guys will meet the uh, Chad Jones, the uh, the host of the Three Three O Show. Oh, uh, so with that, be, I think that's a perfect time to end this this podcast. So until next time, guys, enjoy the basketball games, and we will be back. Take care. In a few days to talk about Cleveland sports, and if anything exciting happens in New England. <laughs>